What's up, fellow ego hackers? Yeah, like, if you didn't know, that, like, that's what we're calling the members of this community now, like, ego hackers, because, like, I totally scored egohacker.com. Dope. Uh, but anyway, uh, welcome to Season 10, Episode 4, and actually, like, filmed in the car studio. Let's see how long I can look at the camera while driving, for example. Let's see how far, you know, I can get away with it and whatnot. But, like, yeah, no, not doing that. Uh, not interested in dangerous driving. What I am interested in is actually, like... You know, doing a lecture because I haven't done a lecture in a long time. Well, why is that? Well, because of hashtag drama in my life and also because I've been doing a lot of work for my day job and going off uh, faraway places like Orlando and then Denver and then back in San Jose again because, like, I live in San Jose. Uh, but yeah, so I am back and filming lots of lectures. I got uh, a member of my team who's uh, Mr. Accountability for me and uh, just making sure that I continue to produce, right? So that's what I'm here for. I'm going to be producing for you, the audience, I promise. So let's keep it going, let's keep it straight and let's see how many lectures I can get filmed today because uh, I was invited to go to dinner tonight with friends. So definitely wanna make it. So. Be that as it may, welcome. Welcome back to Season 10, uh, Episode 4. So this is an episode that has been asked for a long time. And uh, yeah, we're definitely uh, definitely doing it uh, today. So how do ENTPs compare with ENFPs? So these two types, I mean, I'm one of them. I am an ENTP, right? These two types are pretty dope. Um, uh, this is actually one of the more requested lectures that I've gotten over time because a lot of people have a hard time figuring out the difference between the two. Okay, fair enough. I mean, they're pretty rare. You're looking at maybe, I don't know, each type being 2 to 3.3% of the population of the planet. And that could, like, cause a bunch of... Wow, it's, like, really cold in here, so I'm going to, like, turn that off. And maybe the sound would, like, sound better because the fan's not on. But anyway. Uh, so, because of how rare these types are, there's not very much you can compare these types to, like, other people. And, okay, I get it. You know, even though, like, Ty Lopez, who is an ENFP, and he's like, Oh, guys, you know, the MBTI, like, you know... It just doesn't really work. I mean, of course it doesn't work because, like, if you actually watched my um, season 15, I think it's season 15, episode about how the uh, MBTI letter dichotomies are absolute utter crap and why you shouldn't be using them, uh, maybe if he actually knew that ahead of time, he'd stop, you know, judging the science or, or, or looping in the science with the test because the test, I mean, the MBTI test is nothing more than a test, right? So, like, that's literally happening. But, hey, you know, Ty Lopez, he's like, it's all cool, guys. It's cool, man. The best absolute test that you could take is the Hexaco test, man. That's like, that's, that is, that is the de facto personality test. Okay, thank you very much, T.E. Child, uh, for that analysis, good sir. Um, of course, then again, if you ask certain people, they'd be like, no, he's not a good sir. He's actually a bad sir because, like, he's a con artist. And it's like, oh, very interesting. Well, fair enough. Um, but uh, I don't really care that much about my opinion of uh, Ty Lopez other than that, like, I mean, some of his stuff is good, some of it's not. But I think that's the same for literally everybody else. So, like, let's not freak out about it. So, I mean, if he got rich, like ENFPs do, by pretending to be... Uh, like pretending to be rich and then they became rich because they pretended to be rich more power to him i mean if that's what he wants to do that's what he wants to do and if he got rich because of that fair enough i'm not going to argue he made it okay so that's it no reason for me to be a hater because someone made it enfps you know they got to eat too right they got to figure it out so i'm not going to get like too bent over just as long as i'm not one of the victims of one of their schemes you know what i'm saying but then again like maybe you shouldn't be either so but be that as it may so, interaction styles. One of the reasons why it's hard to tell the difference between these two types is because they have the same interaction style, which is informative, initiating a movement, which means they are a starter type. Starter types go, 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 put a lot of energy in the beginning, and then they peter out at the end. This is kind of typical with how they do it. However, if they're able to focus all of their energy on one thing at a time, 
which guess what with anti nemesis it is possible between both of these two types because we have anti nemesis right here with intj uh, unconscious and anti nemesis here with infj unconscious for the entp and the enfp both those types they're able to focus all their energy so at that point in time provided like they are able to like get alone and be left alone and kind of spend some time introverting where they're forcing themselves to introvert they can actually get a lot accomplished okay that is very key so like for example if you're in a relationship with an enp and you're concerned oh they're putting all this energy right in the beginning there's all this intensity was this intensity going to go away after a while mm, no not really because like if they actually like truly truly respect you or truly truly love you etc they're actually going to maintain that intensity all the way through because they're just focusing it on one thing you basically but the thing is though uh, it, it goes way beyond that it's a um, uh, if they're focusing on too many things, if too many things are diverting their attention, that's what causes that energy to go. That's why they have a hard time finishing things that they start because they just get their uh, attention divided so much in so many different ways in so many different areas, it becomes a problem, right? As a result of that, they're not able to finish what they start. <coughs> but they're very informative, which means you kind of have to decode like literally everything they say. They're not really direct about things, uh, especially ENFPs. ENTPs can be a little bit more direct because they have TI parent. TI parent is known as logic. And logic is pretty dope because logic is like if this, then that. It's literally what it is. That's that's all it is. I mean, and then logically speaking, they can think their way through things, but it also causes them to make true false statements, which can be pretty direct because guess what? TI in of its own right is a very direct cognitive function, right? Whereas, you know, TE is actually kind of more informative, you know, whereas TI is not, you know, so it's, it, it, it can be an issue. I mean, well, TE actually can be really direct. I mean, it just depends what slot they're in, you know, but, but TI, because it's pessimistic, can't, it's like, it's pretty direct, let's be honest. So just be aware of those little tiny mini dichotomies, you know, when it comes to the cognitive functions. We're actually going to be talking about uh, cognitive function slots a bit more in season 18. Uh, but right now we need to get through season 10. We need to get through season 14. We need to get through season 17 and then 18. And then we got the foundation is laid. And then we are ready to move on into practical application. But regardless of practical application, let's get back to the lecture. So they have the same interaction style. They're both starter types. That can make it difficult to determine the difference between the two. Fair enough. However, however, they have different temperaments. And this is really important. So ENFPs, even though they're shysters, because let's be honest, they're shysters. Well, but wait, ENTPs, they're also shysters. So actually, there's like the shyster types. You know what I'm saying? They're both shysters. Um, so they're shysters, although the ENFP is way more shysty than uh, uh, the uh, ENTP, like a way more big time. Usually the ENTP, if they're being a shyster, it's probably because you deserve it. Whereas the ENFP, they're being a shyster because, let's face it, they're depraved and selfish. So that's probably what's happening when they're shysting. But the ENTP, it's usually as a result of their sense of justice, right? And it's like, wow, you screwed me. Here's the problem is though with the ENTP though, is that they can get like really deep with their ISFJ subconscious into covert contracts and covert contracts can cause a lot of problems. And then they end up exacting revenge or vengeance or justice on somebody because that, uh, that person did not fulfill their covert contract. So it's like very manipulative and wrong and they shouldn't do that. So ENTP is listening to this, like what are you people doing? They'll do that to people. I was very much recently accused of doing that. Uh, and while I maintain that I don't think that that's what I did, I had opened myself to the possibility that that's what I did. Uh, but uh, I came to the conclusion that, mm, no, not really. Wasn't really uh, covert contracting. It's more of just having like common sense expectations, right? Because covert contracting is actually innately manipulative. And again, regardless of the intentions, because you just remember, you know, people, we are judged by our actions, not our intentions, because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You still have to take responsibility for your actions because actions speak louder than words. Actions are what matters most, right? So make sure you keep your head in that space. But back to temperaments. The ENFP is an idealist, right? Whereas the ENTP is an intellectual. And this is how you can really determine the difference. Now, most people out there think Gary Vaynerchuk, an ENFP, and Ty Lopez, an ENFP, they're both ENFPs, 
but they consistently mistake that their TE child is actually TI parent, and then they actually say, oh, well, those people are ETPs. Actually, no, they're not. They're just very well researched. That's what TE child is all about. Whereas an ENTP is going to like argue because it's trying to determine the truth. Whereas, you know, how ENFPs argue is that they're just trying to find the next reference points, cite your sources. That's how they argue. It kind of has nothing to do with trying to find what's absolutely true, you know, what's actually true. They don't care about that that much. It's not a, it's not a priority for them, right? And that could be a major issue. Uh, so just be aware of that. Be aware that, you know, as one of the main differences. But so the ENFP, they're very affiliative. They're focused on doing the right thing, whereas the ENTP doesn't care about doing the right thing. They're just doing with what works. What works for them is what works. There is no standard. There's no authority that they are adhering to. In fact, ENTPs hate authority, whereas ENFPs are trying to find out who the authority is and then try to have like a relationship with the authority figure and be like, ah, that guy's got authority. Well, I obviously got to be his friend because he's the decision maker around here. And if I'm like his friend, you know, then that means he could do me favors because I'm an ENFP and ENFPs, we're all about favors. And man, could you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? Because if you do me a favor, I do you a favor. Now, that's the whole ENFP way. It's all about favors, right? Whereas the ENTP is just like, meh. I'm just going to do what I want and just do what works because I'm pragmatic, yo. I'm intellectual, yo. You know what I'm saying? The ENTP way, the, the, the Stefan Molyneux way. You know what I'm saying? Because like we determined last night in the How to Type session that he was like actually an ENTP. Dope. So, you know, might want to pay attention to that. I think that's like my new line now. I always like not something I'd recommend, but I think uh, you might want to pay attention to that. I think that's like my new thing. Uh, I think that might be it. I mean, uh, you can go ahead and tattoo it to your ass. You can add it to the other CSJ tattoos that you have. I'm sure it'll definitely do you some uh, some good on that one. We'll find out. Uh, and no, I will not uh, be revealing what tattoos I have on my ass either, because uh, definitely not talking about that. I mean, like in order to talk about that, we'd probably like have to be lovers. And uh, since we're not, uh, definitely not going there. So anyway. Um, and no, I don't have any tattoos on my ass. But be that as it may. Uh, wow, I'm like really tangential today. Uh, so uh, so uh, they're also, uh, so ENTPs are very systematic, right? Whereas ENFPs, you know, they're very interest-based. Interest-based means, you know, like, oh, what's in it for me? What's in it for you? You know, whereas the ENTP is just trying to find a process or understand the process because process is everything to an ENTP. Uh, you know, in that route, like, what is the system? What is the system I need to build? What is the system I need to follow in order to get success in my life or with whatever it is I'm doing, right? And then, obviously, you have, um, you know, they're both abstract versus concrete. So they're both intuitive, okay? That's another issue that can make them very similar, but fair enough. So, but yeah, temperament-wise, ENTP is an intellectual, whereas uh, the ENFP is an idealist. Now, the ENFP is an idealist. They're often mistaken for intellectuals because they're actually, they can become insanely academic. If they develop their ISTJ subconscious, they become very academic. And it's through that level of academic understanding that because it's outward, academics are really outward, especially when it comes to credentials, most people label ENFPs as ENTPs. Because guess what, folks? Because they, even though ENFPs have TI Trickster, TI Trickster is like this thing where, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, TI Trickster, fair enough, but they still somehow end up passing tests to get into Mensa. Because guess what? That's what Ty Lopez did. There's all, there's like, <laughs> literally, guys, you just have to pass a test to get into Mensa and you can kind of study for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, guess what? ENFPs are amazing at passing tests. They can, as long as they study, because guess what? If an ENFP studies, no one can outstudy them because TE child, they're amazing at studying, right? So then they can gain the skills that they need to actually get what they need done. That's how they do. That's how they roll. ENTPs, not so much. Sometimes they don't study enough. It's one of the things I got to tell you, ENTPs listening or watching, you guys need to freaking study. If you're not reading, you're not going anywhere. Like, do you know how many books I read a week? I read like three books now. Like, I am on fire with reading. Because if I'm not filming lectures in my car, I'm listening to audiobooks, getting stronger. You know? Why aren't you doing that? Why is it you're doing the dishes? Or maybe you're not doing the dishes at all. Why is it 
when you're just doing homework? Or why is it when you're walking around? Why is it when you're driving, you're not using an Audible account and listening to audiobooks getting stronger? Like seriously, why are you guys not doing this? Why are you wasting your time? Like stop wasting your time. Don't do it. So anyway, NFPs, ENTPs, great. So let's talk about cognitive functions. Cognitive function wise, we have the expert intuition hero. I love it. I love extroverted intuition hero. It is so nice. It is so, so very nice. So nice. Mwah. Yes, it's very nice. Why? Because I can see into the future, bro. Guess what? Both these two types are known as the pathfinder types because they can find the path. They can find the path for anybody. That's why these two types are the shaman of the village, right? These are the shaman. They are not. They are not the alpha. They're not the chief of the village. That's not how they roll. They're the shaman of the village. The shaman of the village is just as respected as the chief, but unlike the chief, the shaman can always dip out and move on to the next village. Dope. And the shaman is responsible for the spiritual and mental growth, the psychological health of the tribe, of the village. And these two types can handle that in spades. That's what they do. And besides, you know, the, uh, I mean, that's kind of why statistically, you know, ENFPs, when it comes to people running cults, statistically it's the ENFPs who are uh, running the cults uh, more than anyone else. I mean, it reminds me of this ENFP that I met recently, and he was uh, telling me stories about, uh, you know, being, uh, being polyamorous, for example, and I'm like, interesting, you know, because that, like, nice, nice little culture you got there going, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a culture. Not that... I'm praising polyamory because personally I'm not interested in polyamory uh, at all. I've uh, decided that that's like definitely not a direction that I want to take my life. Uh, definitely doing the mono direction. And given that I have the skills, especially psychologically with knowing the science, like why, why? I mean, if I can literally optimize my relationships to the max, then like why wouldn't I do it? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's, that's what I'm all about, right? So figuring it out. Anyway, expert intuition. So expert intuition is very important because all you need is a fixed point in space-time. If you, as a person with introverted sensing inferior, exist in a single point of space-time, um, all that has happened before will happen again. It's a very important law. All that has happened before will happen again. It's metaphysics, right? Where you know history, a history of something or your history, which gives you the ability to prognosticate the future. And it allows you to see multiple paths different realities, different choices, allows you to change other people's fates, even your fate in some cases, change the fate of other human beings, and uh, give other people different futures. And it allows you to manipulate the future. It allows you to manipulate metaphysics. Because that's what metaphysics is, the future, right? And everyone's like, oh, see us, Joseph. Now be talking about that metaphysics again. You guys like totally don't know what you're talking about. That's not the true definition of metaphysics. And I'm like, I really don't care about textbook definition of metaphysics because the textbook definition of metaphysics is inaccurate. Yeah, I'm pragmatic and I can like actually say that. It's not my fault that a bunch of gray hairs in a room voted on the meaning of a word when, the, when the, those gray hairs collectively didn't actually understand the meaning of the word to begin with. So it's like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, we have a lot of words out there that are misdefined because as my good ESTJ friend Scott would say, you know, Chase, just like back in the day, back in the day of Plato, back in the day of Socrates, as the old classics would say, you know, when you try to define something, the further away you get from its true meaning. And I'm like, yep, that sounds good, bro. Yeah, so like when it comes to metaphysics, that's like literally what happened. But yeah, metaphysics is just being aware of the what if, the great what if, the collective what if, the collective possible. Another reason why it's hard to differentiate between ENFPs and ENTPs, because both types are aware of your future. Both types are aware of what you want and what you're interested in and what you intend. And they could see you making decisions before you actually really did make a decision. That means that that means that you are predictable around them. And they literally can predict you. Because the more experience they have with you and the more information that they have with you, the more predictable you are. 
the more you expose yourself to them, the more they can change your future, the more they can change your fate, whether you like it or not. Just be aware of that. But there's some advantages to that because the more they know you, the more they understand you, the more experience they have with you, the more that fixed point in space-time gets larger because they have more experience, then they can actually give you the ideal future, the ideal fate. These types can literally bring you what you want and give you what you want, and they will get it for you because it delights them to do so. You see what I'm saying? It's all about giving you a better future, and these types can. Why else do you think Tony Robbins, an ENFP, is a motivational speaker? He's trying to help people change their fate, get them back on track, give them a better future. He's manipulating their fate, people, with expert intuition hero. That's who he is. Hello, Gary Vaynerchuk does it all the time. Hello, that's literally what's happening. Hello, come on. Ah, but now the parent functions. Parent functions are interesting, both these types, they're different. ENTP is all about TI, we already talked about TI, if this, then that, you know, whereas, and they're all, they're focused on the true false. If you're really focused on the true false, ch- chances are you're actually an ENTP, whereas an ENFP is like, no, I don't feel good about this, uh, this is no good, I'm not going to spend that time about this, and it's all about how they feel, because it's really feeling parent, it's really feeling parents like, uh, I feel really good about this, or no, I don't really feel good about this at all, you know, so then they don't do it, right, because it's all about their mood, right? ENFPs make decisions based on their mood, whereas the ENTP does not make decisions based on their mood. They just make decisions based on what's working right now. TI, what's working? Is this working? Yes, okay, keep doing. Is this working? No, don't do it anymore, right? And then they move on to the next thing, right? That's the ENTP way. Whereas the ENFP is more like, no, I'm not in the mood, man. Or yeah, I am in the mood. Let's go do it. Let's go have some fun, you know? doing the Owen Cook RSD motivation thing. Yeah, Owen Cook, he's also an ENFP. You guys see a pattern now with all these ENFPs? Are you guys seeing a pattern? Come on, come on. Look at Jim Carrey, look at Kanye West, look at Stefan Molyneux. No, those are some ENTPs. Look at those ENTPs, right? I think Leonardo DiCaprio might actually also be an ENTP. Haven't verified that yet, but we might we might see him in a uh, upcoming how to type stream, yeah. And, uh, Thank you all for joining us last night for Aussie night, even though we didn't really do Aussies that much last night, but we got a couple of them in, so that was good. I enjoyed myself. (laughs) So yeah, you know, ENTPs are all about what they think. So you want to interact with them well, ask them like, hey, what do you think about this? Where if you want to interact well with an ENFP, you're like, hey, how do you feel about this, right? So if you make decisions based on your mood, your chances are you're an ENFP, not actually an ENTP. Know the difference, people. Let's talk about their child functions. ENTPs have every child. ENTPs are insanely caring and they're insanely giving to the point where they overgive and, and are at risk of being a doormat because they just so deeply and badly want to give balloons and candy to like literally everybody and make those people feel good about themselves, make them feel valued and validated, right? It's like, you know, if I have a relationship with a woman, I go up to her and be like, I think really highly of you, you know, for XYZ reasons because of these experiences that you gave me, because you made me feel comfortable, because I could put my faith in you, because I could be loyal to you, right? But then again, it's on the responsible, you know, it's on, it's on the woman in that relationship to make sure that there's a lot of, you know, good things in the relationship outweighing the bad things in terms of experiences that the ENTP is keeping track of, because guess what? The ENTP and the ENFP, both these types, if they're inferior functionally, that's not inferior, literally keep track of everything. Everything. They can recall things from 20 years ago in their relationships. Doesn't matter. They keep track of everything. And they know every single person who has screwed them over their entire life. They know their faces. They know their names. Oh, yeah. Just in case. Why? Because one day it'll come where they have the opportunity to, you know, deal out some justice. And guess what? The ENP will be happy to oblige. Very happy to deal out that justice when the time comes. They don't ever know that they'll have that justice. They don't ever know they'll have that opportunity. But they never forget. Just in case. Just in case. That's right. I never forget. I never forget anyone that screwed me over just in case so when I get the opportunity to press the red button on people I will damn right I will 
like justice. So, TE Child. TE Child, it's all about reference points. If it's optimized, they're constantly reading and giving it resources that TE Child needs, reading over and over and over again, collecting reference points over and over again. Very important. Very key. Very, very, very ideal. Because they become like their, their ISTJ subconscious gets built. They become the walking library of Alexandria. They store up, they become these major, amazing academics, you know. Whereas the ENTP is more like becoming like a knight in shining armor with their ISFJ. They're not becoming a scholar, they're becoming like a very capable warrior, essentially. That's what the ENTP is becoming. So the ENTP is becoming a warrior, a very capable warrior, whereas the ENFP is becoming a very capable scholar, right? And that's their approach. The ENFP is all about scholarly. You know, like if, um, you know, there's some ENFPs out there who have, who have accomplished so much in their life and have changed so many lives because of how scholarly they are. Like look at Tony Robbins, for example, again, you know. ENTP side, they're becoming warriors. The best uh, example of a warrior ENTP out there is Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, yeah, that's right. Bruce Lee's a freaking ENTP, guys. You might want to figure that out. Go type him. Like, seriously, he's an ENTP. His entire philosophy, be like water, it's expert intuition. Because, do you guys know expert intuition is attached to the element known as water? And introverted intuition is attached to the element known as fire? And extroverted sensing is attached to wind? And introverted sensing is attached to earth? Like, figure that out, right? Those are the elements. And the elements are attached to cognitive functions. Yes, we actually carry aspects of the earth within our own very souls you know i mean oh that kind of like matches biblical principles you know with mankind being made out of the dirt made out of the earth there's a reason for that think about that of course then again like if you want to even go deeper with extra biblical lore from way back in the day in ancient times you could argue that the angels are actually made out of fire and wind very interesting or human beings are made out of earth and water very interesting right so keep those things in mind Anyway, uh, so yeah, you know, TE Child's all about reference points. It's all about what other people are thinking, whereas the ENTP is all about what other people are feeling. If you're an ENTP, chances are you're making people feel better. You're making people feel good about themselves. Pretty awesome. Keep doing that. You're a very caring individual. Whereas the ENFP, they're more charitable. They like receiving gifts themselves. They like being given things, and they can be giving in response, but usually they're not as giving. Uh, whereas the ENTP is very giving, so it's just kind of like you know back and forth. But like if an, ENF, if an ENTP gives you something, react positively to it. Be thankful for it. If you're not thankful, then the ENTP is going to learn that well, why give this person gifts? They're not going to be thankful. I'm not going to get recognition for it, so why bother? It's like a complete waste of time. You know what I'm saying? So watch out for those waste of time, you know, situations. ENFP, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. And ENFP is also, like, they grow more intelligent when they're around intelligent people because their teen child latches on to the intelligence of other people and absorbs all those people's thinking into them. And then they create this system where they box all those thoughts together and they're able to use all those reference points and all that reference material that they've stored within themselves and then they're introverted sensing and then they become these amazing academics and scholars to the point where they can change the world. And as much as an ENTP could change the world with their uh, with their designs, with their visions, with the directions they're going, like you know Bruce Lee and Steve Jobs. Yes, Steve Jobs is an ENTP. Oh my gosh, why do I need to keep talking about that? Like seriously. So be aware of that. Don't forget SI inferior. SI inferior makes them very loyal, loyal to a fault. So loyal that even if they like have casual sex, and God forbid these two types have casual sex because then they become unfairly loyal to the person they have sex with. And that person may not be as obsessed to, with, to them, that person may not be loyal to them, but guess what? They're hooked. That SI inferior is addicted. They get addicted to people. And when they get addicted, they get screwed. Stockholm syndrome, folks, that's what happens. That's why if you're an ENP, you probably shouldn't be having casual sex. Bad idea. Real bad idea. Because you're going to get screwed. You're going to get real screwed real quick. Let me tell you. Like, we could even, like, you know, wake up one day, your health is destroyed, your bank account's drained, and you have absolutely no idea what's going on. It's like literally the, the entire Samson and Delilah story all over again. All because of that SI inferior addiction. That's a major, major problem. 
I wonder if Samson from Samson and Delilah, I mean, he, he kind of looks ESTP-ish, but maybe he was actually an ENFP all along. You know, Conor McGregor style. Because guess what? Conor McGregor is also an ENFP. You know what I'm saying? So think about that, right? Anyway, SI Inferior, they, they're all about their comfort. These two types, they're all about their focus on their comfort. They're focused on what makes them safe and comfy, uh, warm, you know, uh, that's kind of, they value that like over their outward appearance because they lack extroverted sensing entirely. And that could be a huge deal for these two types, right? Extroverted sensing, you know, is what, you know, people utilize to give them a very nice outward appearance. These two types are kind of at risk of having uh, uh, poor fashion sense, especially ENTP because at least the ENFP has TE child and the TE child can figure out real quick a lot faster than ENTP as to what's acceptable, you know, from a clothing situation and what's not. And they end up having to make some serious changes as a result. Yeah, that's a problem, right? So be aware of that. Like, they really need the opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, uh, gain some fashion sense. At least the ENTPs do. Uh, I mean, I do. I need fashion sense bad. Now, luckily, I've recently... uh, someone in my life who's decided to take it upon themselves to uh, actually make sure that I, uh, I have a better fashion uh, situation. Uh, the previous one before that didn't work out and the previous one before that didn't work out either. But I am, uh, I'm getting some semblance of like formal training because like they have like a color palette swatch thing and have already shown me pr- plenty of different outfits and whatnot. So I just need to get them classified by situation, get a nice little spreadsheet going and actually keep track of that stuff so like I'm not being terrible when I'm on camera because I mean, I'm being terrible right now. I'm still like, wearing clothes on me that somewhat relatively fit on me when I was like 25 pounds heavier. So just to, uh, you know, make make uh, make everyone aware of that for some reason, I have no idea why, but fair enough. Uh, so. So yeah, those are the two egos, and that's, that's the difference between ENTP and ENFP. Let's look at their uh, shadow functions. So both of them have anti-nemesis, which means both of them are worried about their own future, uh, worried that because of uh, their own future, they will essentially, you know, they'll lose their own future. Uh, oh, and SI inferior also makes them like really, really uncomfortable in their bodies, which means ENTPs and ENFPs, because they're so aware of the what if, with their any heroes, these two types, like they have some serious hypochondriac issues. I'm like the worst hypochondriac I know. Although I've gotten so good at being a hypochondriac and so good at being able to sense my own body through SI inferior when I'm aspiring that I've actually been able to have the opportunity or the chance uh, to predict actual maladies that are happening to me so that I can walk into the ER if I go in the ER and tell the ER tech exactly what's wrong with me and then they can go check and verify it. And sure enough, that is what's wrong with me. And then they're able to take action. That's actually literally what happened in the last time I went to the hospital. I walked in, told them exactly what was wrong with me. They did a, a scan just to confirm. Sure enough, it was there. And they took action. Nice and quick, right? Because guess what? We're both movement types. Movement types need progress, guys. Because it's starter type interaction style. Progress is everything. We are developing as ENPs the master process, right? the master process that we use to solve every one of our problems. It's all about having the master process. Whereas control types, you know, from an interaction style basis, they're actually more focused on outcomes. They have an individual process per outcome that they want to achieve. And that's why they're slower because they have to develop a system or a process for each outcome that they're looking for. That's how control types do it. And that's why it takes them longer but it can give them more accuracy and success in the long run. Whereas ENPs, however, very movement oriented, they have this one master process that like supposedly works for everything and then it allows them to be like super quick with how they do things. Okay, fair enough. So anyway, that being said, uh, another difference between the two of them is that ISFJ subconscious, we already talked about, is becoming the warrior. ISTJ subconscious is becoming a great scholar. So be aware of those differences. Um, if one is more scholarly than the other, chances are they're the ENFP. If one's more warrior-oriented, uh, more duty and honor-oriented, uh, that's definitely an ENTP. Just look at it from the Bruce Lee model, as I said previously. Uh, all about safety and protection and being that knight in shining armor. Because the ENTP ego, when it first starts out, it's more like a thief or a scout or a rogue. 
that's what it does. And then over time, as it matures, as it grows, it's no longer that thief on the street, it actually becomes a great knight of a, of a noble house in the kingdom, etc. And that's kind of the ENTP way, that's the ENTP path to growth, right? So, uh, Nemesis functions, they're both very worried about their own future, they worry that they're, that they're going to die young, they worry that tomorrow is not going to be okay for them, and that's why they use their expert intuition hero to intertwine everybody else's fate with their own fate, so that if those people fail, well, then the ENPs fail, but if they, those people succeed, then the ENPs succeed, or if the ENP succeeds because of anti-Nemesis, then everyone else that is intertwined with them, they also will succeed. That's what makes them really good CEOs, for example. These two types are capable of being CEOs. I mean, we saw it with Steve Jobs, for example. We see it with Tony Robbins. They're very capable of being CEOs, and they definitely can go all the way, you know, as a result of that. But not like in traditional corporate, you know, business structure. Not really. <coughs> it's not really a, a priority for them. But, uh, but yeah. And I Nemesis, they both have, they're both worried about their own future. And that's why they intertwine and their own fate. And that's why they intertwine everyone else's futures, everyone else's intentions, everyone else's dreams, everyone else's aspirations in with their own. Because from their point of view, if I can get you what you want, you're going to get me what I want, right? Then again, that's a risk of a covert contract. So that's why it needs to be an overt contract so that the ENPs are actually explaining this to people. You help me out, I will help you out. And they have to make sure that they don't leave anyone behind and they do not abandon anyone behind to do that. Although technically, between the two types, ENFPs are more likely to leave people behind than ENTPs are in terms of abandonment. Uh, and that's strictly as a result of FI parent selfishness. But as long as the SI inferior is loyal and as long as the other people that are with the ENP or the ENFP at that particular moment in time or within those moments of time or the events leading up to that moment in time, that they've gone out of their way to give the ENFP a really good experience consistently and kept the ENFP um, comfortable as a result. And then based on that, the ENFP will remember all of the good things that that person has done for them, stay loyal to them, and make sure that that person is not abandoned moving forward. Very important. So Now, their critic functions and where their wisdom exists is completely different. ENTPs, they are very critical towards statistics or information or data or reference points. Very critical. They're very critical of input. And if, to receive proper input from someone, it's very, very interesting and very difficult. I've actually, I've noticed one of the bad patterns or bad habits I've had in my life is that I've surrounded myself with a lot of uh, NFs and idealists uh, in my life or people who are not TE users uh, or at least not people who are TE parents or TE hero. And that was a very irresponsible decision on my part because, quite frankly, I need to be in relationships with those people. I need more TE input in my life, uh, and TE input's like the only way that I'm going to be successful. It's just really hard sometimes because TE parents and heroes just aren't really readily available because they're so rare, especially among women, right? But that can be an issue, right? So what do I do for that? Well, I just got to find some TE because here's the difference both these two types, if you look at the race, you know, between the tortoise and the hare, both these two types are tortoises, torti. These are tortoises, plural. And they're really slow. They'll eventually get through to the end, but they have to play this SI inferior game of trial and error on literally everything, because if they've never done something before, they're going to fail. So they have to feel, they have to fail at something uh, a thousand times before they finally have success with it and it can cost them a lot of time, a lot of resources, it can be really annoying, it can be a huge issue and they know it. But you come along and you have to give me someone with TE input or for them, give them FE input, you know, from it's not really a FE output technically if we're, if we're going to be real accurate to the model. Uh, that input is a really big deal. That input really helps because that input, you know, it basically gives the tortoise uh, rabbit legs and they're actually able to run faster and get to where they're going uh, in their life and with their, uh, 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 you know, with what they intend to do in their lives or where they're going, etc. It's it, it's it's very useful to them. It can actually make them faster in the race of life, basically. And then the hare can actually join in with the tortoise and actually gain in that way. That way, And the tortoise, you know, when they come up on a river, the tortoise can swim across and the hare can sit on top of the tortoise and it's good to go. They work together. That's the real moral of the story between the tortoise and the hare. Other than that, hard work always beats talent. Because that's right. And let me tell you something. These two types definitely lack talent very much, especially compared to NJs. NJs have all the talent in the world. But these types, yeah, we're lacking some serious talent. But... 
We could beat talent with hard work. That's the point. Now, TE critic, very, very critical of statistics, very critical of what other people think. ENTPs are at risk of walking around just assuming other people are stupid by default and not really being willing to listen to other people, listen and taking input and taking criticism. I take criticism all the time. I was actually just emailed a bunch of criticism just now, uh, and, or my uh, my executive team criticized me earlier about how I'm doing my videos, etc. You know, I I need criticism because without criticism, I'm not going to be successful. Without criticism, I'm not going to be able to keep producing. Criticism is everything to me. I need to be criticized. I need to be held into the fire consistently so that I do not become arrogant or conceited, and that I continue to produce. Very very important for TE critic. TE critic also needs to understand that in order to be in order for me to gain wisdom i have to keep reading very important fe critic is a little bit different fe critic is kind of like where guilt can exist for an enfp they get guilted into things they don't like being unfairly guilted into things they feel like they're being manipulated when they're being forced to give something to somebody that they don't want to give for example and that includes time or money or effort or an actual gift of some kind who knows and they really hate that covert contract of giving because it's like, oh, I'm very responsible with how I feel and how I handle my charity. These people don't deserve it. I don't feel good about this. I'm not going to do this, right? I don't feel good about this. It's all about how they feel. It's not about what they think, right? So that could be an issue. Also very critical towards other people's value systems. Why is that? Well, because ENFPs are very responsible with how they feel about things, very responsible with their sense of morals. When they're looking at other people being very critiquey about other people's morals, and they're like, wow, all those, a lot of those people have loose morals. I'm not like those people. I'm not going to behave like them. So they, guess what? In their youth, they automatically assume people around them are just bad. And ENFPs just automatically assume that they're better than everybody else. It's really annoying. It makes you want to punch them, doesn't it? But yeah, that could be an issue. Well, ENTPs, same kind of thing. The arrogance of TI comes in. They criticize everyone else. In their youth, they assume everyone else is stupid around them, and they only think that they themselves are the smartest person around. That's it. When you hear an ENTP talk about how, how somebody else is smarter than them, you might want to listen to them. Because that's an ENTP who has humility. That's an ENTP who's open to criticism. That's an ENTP who is going places. That's important. If you're dating an ENTP and they're not doing that, (laughs) run. Because the TI parent arrogance is just terrible. You don't want that in your life. Get Get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? So... Those are the critic functions. Trickster functions, the ENTP is completely unaware, completely unaware of how they feel. They have like no sense of morals whatsoever. Uh, Don't ask an ENTP to have moral principles. Good luck. That's not going to happen. They're not going to behave morally. Again, they're just focused on what's doing what works. They don't care about doing the right thing. Uh, And they're not aware. And this makes them very socially awkward and albeit creepy because people just can't handle ENTPs in this way because they're so dark and mysterious and they look like they're dressed like a mafia hitman. That's what I do all the time. So not ideal, right? It's very off-putting. It puts people off. It's, 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 not, uh, it's not something that people appreciate or, or can get behind, right? So just, just be aware of that. That is a huge risk. Um, and then uh, the uh, ENFP, they have TI trickster, which means from their point of view, anything can be true. Just like with the ENTP, anything can be good or bad. It doesn't matter. Anything can be good or bad. That's so subjective. Whereas the ENFPs, well, anything can be true or false. There's no such thing as absolute truth. Anything can be subjective. But there is absolute good. <coughs> yeah. Watching these two argue absolute good and absolute truth is a nightmare. Like, it's a complete waste of time don't do it. Like, seriously, don't do it. From my point of view, though, yes, there is absolute truth, but there is also absolute good. It does exist. You just, it, just, it just has to. It has to exist. Logically speaking, if, the absolute, if absolute truth does exist, then so also does absolute good. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to find it, but just using logic alone, I have no choice but to believe it exists. Remember, ENFPs are all about their beliefs. They are not about what's true or false. Because from their point of view, anything can be true or false. It's subjective, you know. So just be aware of that. There's a lot of different uh, different things that could be a little uh, confusing on that front. But that's why. And their demon functions. Oh, yeah. SE demon. My favorite demon. My demon. Uh, not ideal. But, uh, yeah. 
So SE Demon is pretty violent. It's extremely spiteful, uh, very spiteful. Like when ESTP uh, Super Ego comes out with the ENFP, wow, they can like, um, I remember that this ENFP friend of mine telling me about how he went to go collect a debt from this from this guy because uh, he had gotten drugs from them one time. And uh, he went into this guy's house trying to collect a debt from him, trying to get the money out of him. And he's like, no, I don't have it. So what he did is uh, the ENFP went into a superego with his ESTP superego and literally beat the crap out of that guy in front of his own child, basically, and left him bloody on the floor in the kitchen, you know, afterwards. Wow, what a really serious thing. That's back. That's that's when this ENFP friend of mine was like super mega depraved. He hadn't gone to federal yet. Luckily, he's out, uh, you know, since then and uh, got a new life and a, a new lease on life, basically, as he would say. I turned over a new leaf. I don't know how many times I've heard an ENFP say they turned over a new leaf. Like, for some reason, like, that's just a thing. You know, it's kind of like that Italian scene in New York City, right? There's a lot of ENFPs that come out of that. Uh, but yeah, like, just, just be aware of that. You know, SE Demon... It's, it's very spiteful. It's, uh, it hates reality. It wants to press the big red button on reality and end all of reality because from the ENP point of view, what is real is crap. It's absolute crap. And that's why it's very, very, very important that they find something that they can put their faith into, that they find something that they can uh, you know, be loyal to. Uh, without that, they're going to have a really hard time really hard for these two types to become emotionally centered especially as men in this society as women not so it's not as a big of a deal but man it's hard for them to become uh, emotionally centered because for some reason these two types just need to have some kind of thing to put their faith into because ni nemesis is there uh which ends up giving them complete and utter despair uh, if they don't have uh their si inferior in the way putting their faith into something and when that something turns out to be a lie that they put their faith into it leads to despair which can be a huge issue for them you know and that's why they make decisions quickly between it so that if there's that one thing that they had they're putting their faith into but it doesn't work anymore they have to move quickly to replace it so they're always putting their faith in something which can lead them up to open to attack these two types can be easily taken advantage of these two types can be easily social engineered because of just preying upon the thing that they put their faith into just like i said and how to social engineer entps i was taken advantage of by a preacher once and they got a lot of money out of me that i gave to the church which also basically contributed to destroying my marriage i was extremely irresponsible i'll never do that again really hard lesson learned remember as i inferior trial and erroring everything in life because guess what these two types we learn from our own mistakes we do not learn from others mistakes that's the problem because we have se demon se demon is not aware of what other people are experiencing se demon is not aware of uh you know, uh, you know uh, how, how we come off. We don't care. It is not our job to make other people uncomfortable because SED even makes everybody uncomfortable. That's why we come off as like very creepy, especially in bar situations when we're initiating with people. The thing is, is that people need to be comfortable in initiating with us because if they initiate with us, then, you know, we'll open up and our walls come down and then it's great, right? Especially like, you know, when a woman initiates to any hero, it really, really makes the ENP very comfortable. So like women, you want to find yourself an ENP man because you're like super compatible with them, go for it. Don't be afraid to initiate. Use your introvert intuition and initiate with them. They'll appreciate it and then they'll return it back to you in kind. These two types have more feminine energy than masculine energy, specifically because they're ENPs. It's not about what's masculine or, or feminine per se based on gender. It's just how the personality goes. But then again, they're built for NJ women who are typically with more masculine energy. So maybe they shouldn't be so afraid of initiating for once, right? That's how it works. Although just realize if you're in a golden pair, there's so much freedom within the golden pair that uh, all roles and uh, responsibilities could be utilized by either person who's in the golden pair relationship. So just be aware of that as well as we're driving around here and not crashing on uh, what road am I on? Mission Boulevard. Nice. My favorite road. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, so there's super egos, you know, uh, when they're trying to destroy reality, the ENTP one's a little bit different. The, the, that superego is more about, you know, like being spiteful and just, uh, you know, some men just want to see the world burn. That's the ESFP demon way of doing things. 
Whereas the ESTP way uh, is like, you know, wow, this world is weak. Uh, I don't want to be in such a weak world. I'm going to destroy it, you know, and, and both these types take it differently. But the whole point is, is by destroying reality, a new reality can be made, a new reality can be imagined. And then from that new reality, guess what? We have a better life. It allows a new life to grow. <coughs> so these two types really take seriously the power of the phoenix, where you're literally burning everything to the ground so that new life can grow and then rise from the ashes, right? And that's how these two types do it. They're starter types, they start something, oh, this thing's not working, burn it down, and then move on to the next thing. Oh, this is not working, burn it down, move on to the next thing, oh, it's working, yay, don't have to burn it down, something in reality that actually works. And I can keep it, yay. You know, that's what they do. That's what these two types do. That's why it's important to both these two types, right? So, you know, something to be aware of, something that's, uh, that is important. Um, I'm actually going to go this way because I don't know why I went this way and I shouldn't have, but oh well. <sighs> so yeah, um, I think I think that's everything. Uh, yeah, I think I've covered everything with these two types. So just remember, you know, uh, they have the same interaction style. They have the same perception functions, which can make it difficult. But they, they And both these two types, they see the world through the same eyes, but they make decisions about it differently. That is the key. That is the point. So be aware of that. Be aware of that issue. Be aware of that risk. And then you'll be able to spot the differences between ENTPs and ENFPs. Such concludes Season 10, Episode 4. If you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, and uh, utterly dope, because it was probably like the dopest, I, who knows, uh, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. Leave a comment while you're at it. Also a like and like hit the bell button so like you can receive notifications when we're going live or when a new lecture is coming out. If you want to support us financially, please do so on Patreon. We just uh, redid all of our perks, trying to get more people in on the private streams. Uh, we're going to be making it up to uh, the uh, the higher uh, tier levels. Um, we love all our patrons so very much. Uh, thank you all for, for being awesome. And uh, we're definitely uh, moving forward with our community as much as we can. And, uh, 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 you know... Um, so thank you all for your huge, tremendous support. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, also, if you want to join our meetup group, I think I'm actually going to a meetup tonight on Spur of the Moment meetup. Uh, make sure you uh, join that as well. Uh, there are links in the description below. Just go to our like social page on our website and you can get access to like all of our social media. Follow us on social media. Also, get on Discord so you can get in on the Q&A sessions to get your questions answered. We do Q&As about once a week, although we take one week off usually. So we do about three Q&A sessions a month right now. So just be aware of that. Uh, very important. Um, but otherwise, I think that's everything. So um, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed uh, <coughs> what it is that we've been doing and uh, got many more lectures to go. I think I'm going to film two more lectures today. So let's see how that goes uh, before the meetup group tonight. So really, really busy. But I am back and I am back in the saddle. CS Joseph is back, and uh, we got a lot of work to do. And we got some really cool products coming out for you folks as well uh, to check out. A lot of it is free, so don't worry about that. Some of it is not, but most of it is going to be free. Uh, we're working very hard. My team is working very hard to get that really cool stuff out to you that will make your life so much better and help you type others and yourselves. So anyway, with all that being said, I'll see you guys tonight.